Welcome to Fold in the Cheese, the recipe for fantasy football success. We are your hosts, two average dudes, watched a lot of football, played a lot of fantasy football, and our wives told us to get real jobs. And uh, we said pass. We'd much rather talk about football instead, so here we are. Uh, this is a podcast for those who are just starting in the fantasy football. We want to bring some knowledge to help you get started. We'll be here along with you on the whole journey throughout the season, checking in, checking in with players and seeing who we should sit, who we should start, all that fun stuff. And for those who are a little more advanced, don't worry, we got some stuff for you too. Yeah, so if you're a casual fantasy player and you're tired of not winning, we're going to change that for you. If you never played before and you feel like, hey, I think I'd like to play this and I think I'd like to win my first time through, we're here for you too. Let's make this happen. Get some W's. Let's get it. Welcome back to Fold in the Cheese. It's your boy K Troll here today. It is Tuesday, and we are in the playoffs in the NFL. I'm joined today by the Gabby to my Vivo. Presenting the one and only Vivo. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Vivo in the kid again. Ethan Gelfan, what's up? Vivo. No, that she doesn't sing that part. But that's okay. Yeah, no, man. That's all right. You bounce that's the beat right. of your own drum, though. You I do, do bounce you want. to the beat of my own drum in a world of ho hum. Uh, yeah, man. Crazy. The playoffs are here. The playoff picture is is in vision. And man, what a weird and wild week eighteen. Like, I just don't think anybody kind of wanted that last playoff spot in the AFC. While in the NFC, people were fighting for that sucker. Yeah, uh, it was. That's exactly right. It felt. It felt <laughs> like. I think the Raiders and Chargers just got confused on what to do at any given point. They're sort of like, wait, <laughs> so we win hang this on. game? Should I take a knee? Am I supposed to throw a pick here? Are we they're looking at each other on the sidelines like wink, wink? Like, are we It's like a WWE wrestling match? You're like, okay, you're going to body slam me now. And then I'm going to get up an elbow drop. Yep. Got to wait for those tells. That's yeah, why you no, practice and rehearse. Yeah, and then I think they like, really didn't. And I think the Colts thought they were already in the playoffs. And they're like, oh, this game doesn't matter. <laughs> It's the fine. Colts are the Colts are quote crushed that they didn't make that they didn't make the playoffs. You're like, did you hear about the scenarios? Like, like you knew what had to happen, and you had the worst team in the league at your disposal. But you know, they what? must have thought the Steelers had no chance of winning. Maybe I don't know. I I don't know. It was a weird weekend. Okay, so real quick. Okay, so the Steelers would not have made the playoffs if the Raiders and Chargers had tied, and then that's right. So they so would the Raiders and Chargers both have made it in? Yes. <laughs> so yes. the Chargers are like, dude, what the hell? We could have both been in. We could have both been in. So what I kept saying was like the Raiders don't for two reasons, but the Raiders don't want the Chargers in the playoffs. They're division rivals, right? right. Like obviously yeah. they're not gonna like give them a playoff a picture. Playoff birth. You know? And of course you don't want to see them in the playoffs either, honestly. It's just a better team than Pittsburgh. So you don't want to see the Chargers in there either. The big thing is though, the Raiders had they tied, would have been the seventh seed, and they so would have to go to Kansas City, yeah. who's beaten them like nine hundred to ten in the last two <laughs> games. So the Raiders were like, "Okay, no, we don't want to tie. Like, we, we really do. want to win because we, we win don't want this. the Chargers in the playoffs, and we don't want to go to Kansas City." So by win- by winning, they they became the sixth seed. No, they the, became the five seed or the five seed. That's right. The it's Chargers right. were going to be the six no matter what. If they tied one, it didn't matter. They were going to be the six. It's all based on tiebreakers and stuff, but. If they'd won or tied, they were going to be the sixth seed, and the Raiders were either going to be the five or the seven. Yeah, well, then that screwed my Patriots because the Patriots blew it and they lost. So they are now the sixth seed when it could have been the Chargers. So now the Patriots have to travel to Buffalo. Although, hell, maybe it would be a super windy game again and just run it. And then that's that's the Patriots' key to success against the Bills. Just never I, throw it and just run it. If that happens, if that happens, they've got they've got a shot. They've got it in the bag. <laughs> 
uh, I was just pulling up ESPN um, to look at the scores and make sure, or just to see kind of what happened with the Miami New England game there. And yeah. the front page has got upside for Wake. Demon Deacons land in top 15 of 2022 way too early rankings. Yeah. Watch out yeah. now for those Demon Deeks. They are ranked 14. Landscape. They are ranked 14 in preseason. This is not preseason, like official well, it's preseason. It's way too early. And yeah. it's the way too early polls. But I've never seen anybody actually give any credit to Wake Forest football <laughs> literally ever. Like even, even, this even when they're winning the ACC, people are like, look out for Clemson. I'm like, Dude. Well, it turns out they were right, but go to hell. Go to hell. <laughs> go to hell, you. Go to hell, you. Yeah. yeah. Good speaking shot. Of, speaking of college football, how about that game last night? How about it? I mean, first of all, it was the matchup that nobody wanted. Everyone's True. like, ugh, this is True. disgusting. Gotta love a repeat matchup. Yeah. And SEC. in the SEC. And it's just like, ugh. But anyway, but then the first half was such, I mean, I don't want to call it a snooze fest. I, I feel like that's unfair when you call a tight, low scoring game a snooze fest because that, that the same thing happened to the Patriots Rams games, which don't get me wrong. It was a gross game, but it, so I think it's unfair to call a close defensive game a snooze fest because at the same point, the defense is playing sick. Like it's not like they're just mistakes all over the place. It's the defenses are stepping up. They're showing what they can do. They're doing their job. And yes, yes. So, People don't care back. about that as much because right. you don't you don't play backyard football defense. You don't, <laughs> exactly. you, don't, you don't understand defensive schemes. You don't understand one-on-one matchups where a defensive lineman dominates a lineman. Like you love a sack and you I love, love an recording pancakes, man. I, I take those <laughs> stats all the time. Pancakes and they love offensive sacks. line efficiency. <laughs> sacks, uh interceptions, that's that's what you care about on defense. And when neither of those are really happening, like sacks were happening some, but they weren't like big picks necessarily. It was just Man, Bama would get down the red zone and George would just clamp. And it was like four field goals in the red zone. Wild. That was just wild. So it was a great game. Uh, To your point, even as someone who's played football and as as we watch as much as we do, I still was like, would love to see some scoring here. Don't get me wrong. I'm the same way, but I just feel like it is. You can appreciate what they're doing for sure. Yes, you appreciate what you're doing. And it's not necessarily fair to say it's news us, but. At the same in the same point, I'm like, yes, I would like to see some more scoring. These are supposed to be the two best teams. You want to see some points on the yeah. scoreboard. Yeah. Uh, especially with the Heisman winner. I am a firm believer that Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson need to leave the NCAA and create <laughs> their own division, conference, whatever. It's just I'm getting so, so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. And I'm stoked for Georgia. I have a lot of friends in Atlanta who are celebrating right now. We're doing rally shots and all kinds of stuff. So I love, I love that for the dogs and I, I like the dogs. I adopted the dogs when I was in Georgia. I'm a fan. So I like them, but um, God, I'm still just so tired of it. I'm just tired it of it. But here's my question. All right. So um, I already have a counterpoint to one of it to say, but take Alabama, for example, before Nick Saban got there, they had kind of fallen off a little bit from the national landscape. Correct. You wouldn't, yeah, they were not yeah. dominating. So yeah. obviously Saban comes in, makes a dynasty, you know, that's it's still going. So he's getting up there. Do you think when he is done, are they going to take a step back? Because no. I feel like you kind of <laughs> see that because look at the Patriots. All right. So he's still Bel- Belichick's still there, but Brady leaves. Like we all knew the day was going to come when Tom Brady was going to leave and we would take a big step back because everyone's like, I'm so sick of the Patriots. Like they're always there. Like I'm so sick of it. But it goes in in swings. And so Brady leaves and obviously they take a step back. They're They're climbing back. They're not 
they're yeah. not there to where they're a national yeah. prominent team yet. And so, you know, and so now Clemson, like, oh, I've been so sick of Clemson. They took a step back. You know, you get the Trevor Lawrence was gone and they don't have that those huge stars again. Now, Alabama has has maintained it since Saban has been there. There's no question. But he's not yeah. going to be there forever. Don't yeah. you think that they will take a step back once he is gone? When Dabo's the coach, you mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that's a big step back. Okay, well, Clemson will take a bigger jump back. So. Yeah, Clemson might take a step back. Like, eventually, the trickle down, it's some, one of those four coaches leaves or whatever. The difference, though, is like, I'm not I'm not sure Ryan Day is like an incredible coach. I was going to say, that's my one counterpoint. But, is Ohio but, State didn't take a step back. Yeah, it's about the program and the legacy and the it recruiting. Is. It's different in the NFL when you don't recruit players, you draft them, you know? Okay. And, but- in the college, Alabama can, because they are so dominant and have such a history at this point now, and it happened after Bear Bryant, I'm sure, too, you know, if you look at the record books. And they, eventually they kind of petered off and they made a few bad hires. But if you have this kind of momentum and these great, incredible recruiting classes over and over and over again, the recruiting classes are what steal the deal. The coaches are yeah. are, are like tiebreakers for two teams that have incredible recruiting classes. Exactly. I, but I think those are huge tiebreakers because, okay, oh, they're massive. The recruits, the recruits make the difference. You look about, a, uh, you talk about a Michigan. Michigan is Michigan, always Notre in the Dame, top 10. Texas in A&M, Texas. I Texas, agree. So Texas is always, is always in the top. Where has Texas been since Vince yep. Young? Where has Texas gone? So again, like, Mac Brown was there with Vince Young. They had a good five. Colt six McCoy. <laughs> Colt McCoy. Okay, you're right. He was good. I like Colt. But again, he never got him. He went to the there. championship. Did he Colt? Went to the championship? Who did they play? He did. He did. Alabama. Pro- was it Alabama? Greg Mac- okay. Yep. Greg McElroy. Greg McElroy. <laughs> wow. Talk about these huge yeah. QBs. Yeah. But okay, look at the Miami of the early 2000s. Like they looked unstoppable. Like they would never drop yep. off. Same with USC. Like I just feel like there will. So- yeah, if you you make bad hires, it'll happen eventually over right, time. So that's what I'm saying. Happen. When Saban is done, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. It definitely will depend a lot on the hire. But then it's like, okay, so you're saying Dabo will go there. Maybe Kirby Smart will go there. But um, Dabo's going to Bama because he played there. Kirby's a Georgia man, so he's going to stay at Georgia. Yeah. So, so anyway, it, my point, it. don't get me wrong. I, it is getting frustrating that you are seeing the same four or five teams every single year. But for once, actually, we had two that were different, which was nice seeing Cincy and Michigan in there. That's uh, true. That's true. Although it was weird. Did you see the headline that the college football playoff committee stalled on expansion for yeah. the playoff? Which is uh, just unbelievable. Dumb. It's probably it's probably technicalities. I mean, I know that the Big Ten commissioner was talking about we want all the power five conference winners to get an automatic bid, which I don't, which don't know I don't that's hate. like wrong. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like wrong that. with that. That's five automatic bids and three at large. I don't think that's yeah. like a problem, but uh, that's probably one of the points that got sticky for some reason or another. You know, because the S- I know the SEC wants like I want we guarantee three teams in there or whatever. Like they're, I mean they're they're being kind of crazy. That's well, the SEC. It's what just a expecting? contest. I mean, yeah, but to, and then you look at this, you got two of their two of their teams in the championship. So true. I don't know. It's uh there will be there will be changes too. Honestly. There'll be changes because of the new NIL deals. You know, there will be changes to the recruiting well, that's process. Change. I was going to say that's going to change the whole recruiting landscape. I don't know. If like that... a school that's got a a big city or a big following could out recruit a place like Alabama if they can afford better NIL deals. You know, yeah. The only thing I'd say about that is Tuscaloosa is just so crazy for their football players. They'll just pay ridiculous, even if it's Joe Schmo's. Omar, they'll yeah. pay. I'll pay Bryce Young six million dollars. It's fine, even though I don't have that much money. Maybe it's Tuscaloosa. So. It's so, but yeah, you know that obviously. Um, but, but when it, you're yeah. when if you could go to school like, and there's not a there's not like a huge university in New York that that has this kind of pull. But if you could go to school in New York uh, City, Rutgers. for instance, 
Rutgers is if right Rutgers, across the river. I know, but if Rutgers had like a huge following and, and had credibility and clout, then you could go to Rutgers and get New York advertisements. And like, I think eventually you would see that when these guys go to the NFL, they're better set up. They're like Tuscaloosa, Alabama is small town USA. And it's a big deal to play football in Tuscaloosa for the yeah. college. But after that, you got to go somewhere else, you know? So I think there's a chance to, to level the playing field a little bit for these bigger market teams, but there aren't that many that are like great. You know, you think of Chicago, like Northwestern is not a great football team. Um, like UCLA has got a shot. USC, they've got a USC. shot, you know, um, so they could capitalize. But I don't know that the, the people out there care a whole lot about football because they're like, dude, it's L.A., you know, like it's L.A. Yeah, got plenty of other stuff going on. So I don't know. That's it's a long conversation, but. Just curious. Interesting. Nonetheless, context. college football season is officially over, which also means that our uh, Capital One Bowl Mania Fold in the Cheese group is officially done. It so is. Kemp, that was crazy because you were up until the championship game, you were sitting alone at the top of the, of the uh, leaderboard there. I was on top. We didn't mention it much because I can't win. Didn't matter, really. Right. And I, w- I had a one game lead going in the championship. Um, I took Alabama to win. Like I think most people, even though the sports books, had George as a favorite. I think most people thought, yeah, you give Alabama an underdog tag, they're going to come out and take care of business. (laughs) And so um, I'm guessing, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm guessing that some of the people that picked Georgia were doing so to be contrarian and to like, hey, if if I have a shot to win this thing, I got to take Georgia, you know? And so uh, two people who were one game behind me, Kyle, your brother-in-law Kyle, and my man Ben ended up picking Georgia. It went to tie-break scores. And Ben had 49 points. I think it was 51 total. Mm-hmm. Crushed it. Ben Hendren, two hundo. Ben Hendren, one bowl mania, folding the cheese champion. Congrats, Ben Hendren. And uh, again, shout out to our friends at Better Off for sponsoring that and providing the $200 pot. So, congrats, Ben. That money is coming to you. Love it. Wow. Damn it. It was I drama. Just... It was intrigue. It was crazy. <laughs> it was I can say I didn't like. You would have seen me flipping tables and stuff, as I often do whenever I lose things like that after I've been <laughs> winning you, all year. If you could have won. Yes. If I could have won. But because I couldn't win, I was sort of completely apathetic. You were okay with it. I mean, you, yeah. so you technically tied for first, which is great. So you did. You get a, you get a ribbon. Yay! Yes, that's true. I do get a tie. Yay! Um, I guess to be fair, I would have, I would have also... Loved being like, being like, hey, I won, but I can't win. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> give somebody else some money. I'll pass it down. I'll give it to second place. Great job on your second place. <laughs> I would have been, a, I would have been a real dick about what that. A I think. Dick. What <laughs> yeah. a dick. <laughs> yeah, that would have been me. Um, all right. So let's talk about, um, let's get back to the NFL here and we'll get that cash money out to Ben soon. I got to meet up with him anyway. So here's what happened. We had the Titans win their game. The Titans are the one seed now. Tighten up, baby. Let's tighten up. Go. We got an extra week of rest. Derrick Henry's coming back. He's got an extra week to prepare to rest. Love it. Home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Bring that on. Packers had already sealed that in the NFC. So Titans and Packers first round by this year for the first time ever. Those are the only two teams that get a buy. Normally there are six teams in the playoffs with each division or each conference. This year there are seven. So the the one season ones get a buy. The Colts, as we mentioned, lost to the Jaguars. <laughs> the Colts. <laughs> After that happened, like it, it sent the entire thing into like a tizzy. It was like, like hey, oh wait, crap, wait. we need Hang to do like ten more tiebreaker scenarios now because the Colts are out. <laughs> Dude, it was like I think every team was just like, uh, what? We have a chance. So now all of a sudden, the games that you thought may not really matter matter a lot, and the Steelers are no longer just hoping that there's not a tie in the Raiders game. They're like, 
wait a second, like we if we win this game, like we could legit be in, you know, uh, that with the Colts winning, they didn't have a shot. Right. So the Colts lose and now the Steelers are back alive. They're going to Baltimore. Oh, Steelers. And they're down to the absolute wire. It's another field goal fest. They're down it's to the wire. Fest. It's 16 to 13 files. So gross. Yes, it was bad. Um, but Big Ben charging down the field after Justin Tucker field goal to tie it up. Charges down the field, gets him in field goal position. Steelers win. So the Steelers <laughs> are now alive in the playoff picture. Alive. All they need is the Chargers and Raiders to not tie. To not tie, which is the best. Because which the is Steelers so have a tie. <laughs> I feel they like have. because they we've talked about this tie so much, they're like it made it more confusing, you know, it did. And, and the Raiders and the Chargers were kind of like playing this like, weird game. What are game. we supposed to do? <laughs> They're not sure what to do. They're going for it on weird plays or going for two at certain weird times. Like it, it ended up being a really weird game. They ended up, they ended up going 29 to 29, which is a score. I, you don't often see Never in regulation off of a last second touchdown by the Chargers. Well, I was going to say the Chargers were down 29, 14 with, I think, just under Five six minutes. minutes. Yeah. It was just yeah. under six minutes. I'm like, oh wow, this I can't believe they they choked this job away. And then they come back. They needed a touchdown and then a touchdown and two point conversion. And so they got yeah, it. <laughs> they got it. And they got it as time expired. And so we're like, okay, so they're, they're going into overtime. Okay, so wait. And the Steelers thing, like, actually no! could happen. <laughs> no. Well, I saw they were panning the stands like they're Steelers fans at this game wearing Steelers gear, and they're just probably just like, oh my God, no. <laughs> no one thing that can't happen. Well then the Raiders come down and kick a field goal, which means the Chargers get a possession in overtime. The Chargers go down and kick a field goal. <laughs> so they're like, this thing really could end a tie. This is going to be a tie. This would be and so fitting. It was the most bizarre last series for the Raiders where you're just like, are they trying to, to get first downs? Are they just trying to hold on to the ball? Are they playing it safe? Like, I can't tell. And if they are playing it safe, are they doing that strategically? Or are they doing that? Because they just don't, they just don't want to lose it, you know. Like or they just don't understand the game. They don't understand <laughs> what happens if they tie, but they heard they'll make they it in the playoffs. Like I don't like, know what what was going on there. What do I do with my hands? Yeah. Like I don't know. <laughs> Not sure what to do with my hands. It was the weirdest. It was the weirdest feeling. And there's a, there are articles. Bill, Bill Barnwell kind of wrote a whole thing about debunking the conspiracies and all that. And the the truth is, if the Raiders had lost or if the Raiders had tied that game, they would have been the seven seed. They would have to go to Kansas City who has just whooped that ass twice this year. And so they definitely had motivation to win. By winning, they would have gotten the five seed and gone to Cincinnati. Yeah. No cakewalk, but they know they know what they're facing in Kansas City, and they don't like it. If the Chargers won or tied, they were going to get the six, no matter what. So they didn't really care which one happened. They just wanted to make sure they didn't lose. <laughs> they just wanted to win. Well, yeah, you're right. They just didn't want to lose. Correct. And they're sitting here like, wink, wink, at the Raiders the whole time. Like, hey, guys, remember, we, we, can, we can both get in here, you we know? We can do this together. And one narrative that I thought no one gave a lot of credit to is like the Raiders don't want the Chargers in the playoffs. That's their division rival. They hate mm-hmm. these guys, right? They play them twice a year, every year. Like they don't want them in the playoffs. They're not just going to give them a playoff berth. They're not going to yeah. take a knee and let a tie happen and be like, oh, we're both in. Like, yeah, no. like do you think the Cowboys would ever want to let the Eagles in or the no. Giants? Like, come on. <laughs> they would go out of their way to screw them. So I'm like, of course the Raiders are going to try and win this game. Well, apparently they weren't totally going to try and win the game until what they say is Brandon Staley calls a timeout for the Chargers. Didn't like his, he wanted to get all his run defenders in there because he was certain that the Raiders were going to run the ball. Raiders do end up running the ball, but they change their play. Jacobs bounces outside, gets 10 yards or in field goal range. All of a sudden they decide, you know what? Let's just go ahead and win this Let's just go for it. (laughs) They kick a field goal and they win. Chargers are out. Wow. Raiders are in. Steelers are now in. (laughs) I mean, it's so fitting that the Chargers didn't make it because. 
it's so fitting and so frustrating because they are such a fun team. Herbert, one of the more electric players in the NFL, he throws for 5,000 yards, almost 40 touchdowns, like one of the best young QBs slash QBs in the game, yeah. and they don't make it. You want to see them in the playoffs, right? At flashes in the season, you think one of, they're one of the best teams in the AFC, AFC and then you look at flashes, and they're one of the worst teams in the AFC. It's like, damn, I know this is a new first-year coach, but dude. This happened to them last year, too. They, yeah. they, this was the reason they fired Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. They, they kept losing these important tight games. They, they'd have a lead and lose it, or they, they'd lose in clutch moments. Like they kept being like eight and eight or seven and nine, and like mm-hmm. just missing the playoffs. Well, and, that was Philip Rivers' entire career, except for like three seasons where they were yes. good. It was yes. always like just missing or just off. And like Brandon Staley, you robbed us of having Joe Burrow in the playoffs, Justin Herbert in the playoffs. Like those are two players you want to see. With I mean, Mahomes, Mahomes, Josh Allen, AFC, Allen, Herbert, Mahomes could have yeah. been Herbert, and then there's Burrow, Mac Jones. Talk about the youth movement that you would have seen. I'm not saying Derek Carr is an old geriatric, but Ben Roethlisberger is. But how much more exciting would it have been to have that class of rookie or that class of quarterbacks in the playoffs? But no. And you forgot play action king Ryan Tannehill as well, <laughs> by the way. He's not a young man anymore, my friend. Number one, number one seed. Number one. Okay, I'm not trying to hate on your Titans, but I was listening to Greeny yesterday. And he's like, have you ever had less faith in a number one seed in the history of the playoffs <laughs> than the Tennessee Titans? I'll raise my hand immediately and say, uh, no, I have not ever had less faith in the number one seed. <laughs> no, I, have not. I, have, I have as much optimism and excitement as I've ever had. But yeah, um, that's fair. I'm not going to call it faith because <laughs> well, the thing is I had that faith when they were like six and two and crushing people like or, the bills and the yeah. chiefs and like they were unstoppable. I was like, yeah, they've, they caught their rhythm. We just haven't seen that squad all together at the same time. No. Well, what's the side board weeks, down? You know? Yeah. So it's in like eight, nine weeks. There you go. Yeah. And then of course what happened to Houston this weekend? I was like, <laughs> like, Oh God. I was like, here they are cruising 21, nothing. Wait a second. Wait a second. Here comes Houston charging back. Like, Oh my gosh. Davis anyway. Mills, Montana, as you've coined him. Watch out. Davis, Mil- Davis Montana crushing <laughs> it. So that was the AFC picture. Um, in the NFC, things got interesting as well. You had the 49ers and the Saints were both lobbying for their the final spot. playoff position. Um, Niners took the, they had the Rams. I mean, God, at least the Saints had to play the Falcons. Like the Niners had to play the Rams, <laughs> right? And they took them to overtime. They found the in will LA. win. They in made LA. it happen in LA. Debo was throwing touchdowns, running for touchdowns. He was unstoppable. So uh, the Niners won, and that put them as a sixth seed in the playoffs. And now Dallas becomes a three. They jumped L.A. because of that loss. Right. And they probably they play those Niners. Probably <laughs> hitting themselves in the face a little bit like, shoot, I don't think we really want this. Like, the Niners are a hot team right now. Yeah. Well, it's interesting um, because in that Dallas-Philly game, Philly threw out all their bench players. You know, they got Gardner Minshew starting. Like, they, they were yeah. certainly pulling it back. And where Dallas put all, they had all their stars and Dak was playing. I mean, he obviously slung five touchdowns. So he was playing what two thirds of the game, uh, classic Mike McCarthy move. So it's interesting. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess you can't really as uh, as famous Dennis Green said, or no, it was Herm Edwards. He said, you play to win the game. So that's what Mike McCarthy was doing. He was playing to win the game. But yeah, yeah it, it kind of looks like kind of bit him in the butt because now they're facing a Niners team, which is a scary team. It's one of those teams that. This is the Niners team that we kind of expected all year. They've just been hurt. They haven't had all the pieces. They just haven't been able to get everyone together. Now it seems like everyone's coming together. And this is kind of like what you almost expected of the Colts in the preseason. 
the Colts showed those flashes where they were going to be this hot, scary team that nobody wants to play. They blow it. But now the Niners did it and they've completed it. And now they're that team you don't want to play. And I think the Cowboys are running into this Niner team that is going to be scary for them. And it is a bad matchup. So it's they kind of screwed themselves here by winning. Yeah, they could have played the Cardinals who were like backing into into the playoffs. playoffs, Right. So the Niners have won seven of the last nine and four of the last five. And um, one of those they lost, I think Debo was out. And so with Debo, I think they're like seven of the last eight games when he's been doing that running back hybrid thing, you know? And quarterback now. He's a and now quarterback. Now. That's true. He plays everything. So I like that you. is that is a matchup problem, like you said. That is not an easy draw for the Cowboys. Now the Cowboys look pretty hot against the Eagles backups. Dak threw five <laughs> touchdowns <laughs> and lit did. it up, right? They're trying to send a message, but problem is can you can you do that like they've been inconsistent this year i really have so i don't know i don't know that's going to be a tough matchup for sure mm-hmm. that's but here's what we've one. got and so that's here- also it's also a fun one just because of the history between those two teams i mean when i was growing up it was that's always true. cowboys Niners. i was a huge steve young. i mean patriots are always my team but i was a huge steve young guy like i just loved steve young because i can honestly remember one of my first football memories was the niners in the super bowl against the chargers if you remember that one and then when I put up 55 points, you're a little younger than I am. So, you know, it's um, <laughs> like six months younger than you, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's one where he threw like Steve Young threw four or five touchdowns, Jerry Rice, and like they blew the doors off the chargers. It was just super fun to watch. Like this Steve Young is awesome. So anyway, I mean, you talk about historical matchup, Cowboys and Niners have that history. It's just awesome and fun to watch. So it's fun to see that coming back uh, yeah. where they're both there. I do agree with that. So here, here's how the matchups line up this weekend. Um, we'll get to that game is on Sunday. So we've got the Raiders at the Bengals. That's a five and four matchup. We have the Patriots playing the Bills, which is kind of frustrating to me because like nobody wants to see the third game of these teams, especially the first round of the playoffs, right? You don't want to play divisional yeah. foe first round of playoffs. So we'll get to that uh, in the Monday night game as well. Uh, but Patriots heading up there to Buffalo, six versus three. on Sunday, Those games are on Saturday. On Sunday, we've got the Eagles at the Buccaneers. That's a seven at two. We've got the 49ers at Cowboys. That's a six at a three. And the Steelers at the Chiefs, another seven at a two. And then Monday night, Cardinals at Rams, five at four. Um, that's another one of those divisional matchups. We've seen it twice already. Mm-hmm. Granted, these teams have looked different games. each time, you know, so like they've had different personnel each time. Um, but yeah, that's that's what that's how it shakes out. It at is, least for the first round. It is wild. I mean, who would have ever thought uh coming out let's just look at the afc north if you told if i told you preseason okay there are going to be two playoff teams coming out of the afc north who would you have said you would have said cleveland and baltimore cleveland and baltimore yeah instead you get the other two you get cincinnati and pittsburgh pittsburgh might be the worst playoff team i've ever seen oh god i mean you could save those giants team but then they go ahead and win the damn super bowl true um I guess I would just never have imagined seeing a Raiders at Bengals game. It's your first round matchup. Raiders <laughs> at so Bengals. True. Oh, gosh. But uh, I mean, I don't know why I'm going Ugh, because the Bengals are fun to watch. The Raiders are the ones that are weird. I mean, talk about turmoil they've had all season. I mean, hats off to them for putting it up, bringing it all together to make it this far. But again, just such a weird matchup you would never have thought to have seen. Derek Carr is a wild card, man. He is he a total. Well, you saw if you watch that Chargers game, the end of that game. You Josh could see Jacobs. it in I mean you could see it in his eyes like Derek Carr's gonna go out and win this game. This dude's about to take over. And I just I just feel like Derek Carr always has a chip on his shoulder. People are always never give him enough credit. And yeah. it's like 
who are the Raiders going to trade for? What QB are they going to go after? He's like, dude, I'm right here. I can hear you. I'm right yeah. here. <laughs> like, yeah. He's never been. Yeah. No one has ever decided that he's the guy. He's always like, eh, maybe we stick with Carr. And then he, he'll put up, you know, 4,500 yards and yeah. 30 touchdowns or something. He, he gen, generally takes care of the ball pretty well, you know? And by no means am I, am I a Derek Carr apologist, but it's almost like they take him for granted. In a league where there are so many quarterbacks which are so bad, he is more than better than a serviceable quarterback. And he's yeah. like a Kirk Cousins kind of in that same range for me, where yeah. you're like, this is like a this is a good NFL quarterback that can win you games if he needs to. He's don't more you competitive. Think the Bears think. would murder to have a Derek Carr? Absolutely. <laughs> you think yeah. Don't you think the Lions would kill to have a Derek Carr? Compare like, him to Andy Dalton or Jared Goff. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Um so. The Giants yeah. would murder to have a Derek. Like again, they take him for granted, and, and he just keeps saying, "Hey, I'm still here." Remember yep. that Patriots tagline when they won that Super Bowl? We're still here. Yeah, uh, yeah. No one remembers that tagline from that Patriots Super Bowl <laughs> uh, when they beat the Rams and they beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. We're still here. Okay. Great, thank you, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, uh, so, just as a reminder, they do reseed in the playoffs in the NFL. Yes. So this is kind of fun. So it's like not that. that I do too. So I look at the AFC. So the Titans are not necessarily going to play the winner of the Raiders and Bengals game. It's not like the one plays a four or five matchup. If a six or a seven upsets, upsets a two or a three, the lowest seed remaining will go play the one seed at the end. I think and that's then, the, you know, I think that's the fairest way to do it because if you're the one seed like you've earned the right to play the easiest know, team, the easiest team. And so In I theory. like that. I think that's yeah, cool. I think it's cool. So We'll see what happens. I mean, I think you're not going to see the Steelers beat the Chiefs. I just there's I just don't give that any chance of happening. But <laughs> no. Patriots Bills game is going to be really interesting to me to watch. Probably. You just don't know what's going to happen. We played both those teams at different times in the season, and one when fully healthy, and one when not, and we we stomped one and got stomped by another. So I don't know. I think I'd love to see a revenge game. I'd love to see the Patriots come back to Nashville when we got a full team. <laughs> and that'd be the game we wanted to see in the middle of the season, right? Um, but. I also, you, you obviously don't ever want to see Belichick in the playoffs. So, true. Not sure what I'm rooting for there. All right. So, we told you just because the fantasy season is over, we are not done with fantasy. <laughs> so, we've got a couple of pools that we've started that are going to be a good time through the playoffs. And it's going to be a chance for you to get back in that competitive spirit and stay hooked into these games. You know, you may think that you don't care about some of these games, but that's what fantasy does it makes you care about games you don't usually care about. We got some more pools for you. I don't know why I just you said fantasy like three or four times in those sentences and just yeah. Mariah Carey just came into my head. And I was just like, sweet, <laughs> sweet fantasy. Sorry, I won't sing. Keep, keep going. Yeah, keep going. I, mean, I want to entertain our audience. I don't want to make them vomit. Keep them coming back for more. That's why the people are here. Um, so we've got we have two pools that we have opened up. All right. Um, one of them and I've been doing this for several years. It's a lot of fun. It's on NFL.com, which I'm not often on and didn't even really know they had fantasy, but they do a playoff challenge, which is cool. You set a roster and you keep them through the playoffs. You can switch players out. And I'll give you the, I'll kind of tell you the rules here. But we've got um, a public group that you can join. It's called Folding the Cheese. You can Google this thing, NFL.com playoff challenge. Or if you want a long URL, playoffchallenge.fantasy.nfl.com. <laughs> um, we will put the links to this in our show notes we'll and I'll be blasting it. out on social media as well. But if you just want to Google, NFL.com playoff challenge. You'll be able to find the landing page for it. Look up our group, fold in the cheese. It's a good time. So here's how it works. You're going to pick a roster, one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, one tight end, one kicker, one defense. You can pick from any team that's in the playoffs currently. 
Playoffs. There's playoffs. There's some, <laughs> there's some strategy in here, but the players earn fantasy points in those positions for each game that they play, which is important to note each game that they play. The first time you play a player, their score counts for normal amount of points. So, you know, 90 rushing yards will get you nine points, just like it normally would. If their team advances and you keep them in your lineup, their second game counts as 2x those points. If they advance again, 3x. If they advance to the Super Bowl, 4x. So the strategy here is you want to mix up your players because we're not sure what's going to happen in the playoffs. But you may want to pick some players that you think will be in the Super Bowl, even if that means they may have a bye in the first round. You will get zero points for them in the first round. You will be behind in the standings for the people who took every player who's playing this week. But you'll get double the points next week, triple the points the week after, four times the points the week after. So if you think as a Green Bay or Tennessee is going to make it to the Super Bowl, as long as you keep them in your lineup, you will start getting multipliers on their points. Likewise, if you think Kansas City is going to be in the Super Bowl, you go ahead and take Kansas City players because they're playing this week anyway. You drop in Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyreek Hill or whoever. You want. There's no salary cap. You can pick whoever you want to. It's not a draft. Put them in your lineup, and if they keep winning, every time they win, the next game you get double points, triple points, four times the points. Just keep it rolling. So it's a good time. It's a lot of fun. You'll undoubtedly be mixing, switching out players as you go. What happens, just so you know, like if you had a Chief, for instance, and they win their first game, they play their second game, you get double the points, but they lose. The third uh, week, you now have to swap them out for a, a new player, whoever's in the team's remaining, and they start back, back at, one. at 1x their points. And then the Super Bowl, they could get 2x. So you want to have guys who are going to last as long as they can. That's That's the goal. Okay. Yeah, I like that. It's kind of different. It's it's almost like a survivor pool, but you're not knocked out if one of your teams or players loses. You just kind of get knocked down a peg in terms of your multiplier of points. So that's cool. It's interesting. Yeah, uh, and there's even there's even some reason. Like in some cases, you're kind of like, I just think this player is so so good that like Cooper Cup could be an example. Like he's so good, the Rams could lose a first round matchup. You know, like they're playing the Cardinals. Obviously, these guys have traded wins with each other. They could lose, but he's so good. You may want to take so many points anyway. <laughs> 30 points anyway. You may just want him anyway and just say, you know, I'll figure that out. And if they if they keep winning, it's worth me having him in there and doubling right. and tripling his points. So you may want to do that anyway. But uh, okay. it's an interesting strategy. It's a lot of fun. I like it. Okay. So that's, that's on NFL, NFL, NFL.com fantasy challenge. NFL.com playoff challenge. Was playoff challenge. Yes. I see, I just got Mariah Carey just stuck in my head. You just, just stuck on fantasy. fantasy. Sweet you didn't finish the lyric. You should have just kept going. <laughs> okay. Um, the other one we're doing is another pigskin pick This is for the playoffs on ESPN. So we playoffs. have a pigskin pick league, which I crushed like a grape. We are now doing the pigskin <laughs> playoffs game. Crushed like and a grape. Did you really just say crushed like a grape? Yeah, that's actually a, that's a stolen line, but I did What's crush that from? it. Uh, that's a Matthew Berryism, actually. Oh, okay. And I get annoyed because he, so, he said it so frequently for like a five-year period, and then here I am saying it. Like a is a grape a berry? Moron. No, a grape is it's not considered a berry, is it? Because that'd be way more clever if you squished a berry with his name being Barry. But a grape is you not do, a berry. I mean, you do squish like cranberries, right? Right, but why? Do you, but he said crush it like a grape. Why wouldn't he say crush you it like what? a cherry or a berry? Should, well, I guess a cherry is not a berry. <laughs> a cherry is the same. <laughs> Cherry's like a grape. Uh, I don't know. I'm not certain on that. Step boy. Snap, snap, snap boy, check that out. Is, what is, is a, grape? a grape a berry? <laughs> is a cherry a berry? Is a cherry a berry? What constitutes a berry? Okay, so I know this was last episode where we were doing Happy Gilmore, but one of my favorite 
uh, scenes and I wanted to fit it into the episode, but I couldn't was when um, he's with Shooter McGavern at the bar and, you know, they're talking crap to each other and he goes, like, I'll take you any day, says Shooter. And so Happy just smashes a bottle and he goes, let's go right now. (laughs) Let's go right now. (laughs) And he's like, whoa, 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 I met on the golf course. So anyway, uh, towards the end of the scene, Shooter's storming off and he goes, "Uh, listen to what I say and stay away or else you'll pay. And Happy just goes, oh, maybe I'll just make things out of clay and go down by the bay. I just may. And so like- Lay in some hay. I just may. (laughs) Just like berry and strawberry and cherry just kind of made me think of that. Yeah. Veronica came in and he's like, uh, or uh, what's What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I was looking for the other pieces of this bottle. Uh, There's there's some. There's one. There's some right there too. (laughs) Uh, By the way, you just uh, combined Billy Madison. Madison. That Veronica Vaughn. Not Veronica Vaughn. Um, This girl's last name was Vinnett though. I forget what her name is. You're right. Oh, because we talked about it. It's always alliteration. In uh, Adam Sandler movies, the female character is always alliteration. So if it's It's, Vinnett, is it Vicky? another V. I don't know. Vicky. I don't can't remember. All right. Oh well. We'll This is bad. This is bad podcasting. Anyway. (laughs) No, this is perfect. (laughs) It's a great movie. Check it out. Um, (laughs) The other group we're doing, Pigskin Playoff Pick'em. This is different than Pigskin Pick'em because you're not just picking winners of the games. So it's a neat format. There are mixed in some different questions in here that we're going to go through with our picks. You've got who's going to win the game, but also who's going to have the most passing yards. Who's going to have the most touchdowns in this round? Will this person have over 250 yards passing and 50 yards rushing? Whatever. We're going to go over our picks on Thursday, but um, this is this is going to be a fun format too. So this group is called Folding the Cheese as well. Easy to find. We'll send you the link. Talk what? to Tap Boy. It's Miss Virginia Bennett. Virginia Bennett. <laughs> it's Virginia. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for cleaning that up. That's Anytime. good. Anytime. Anytime. Uh, so yeah, Pigskin Playoff Pick'em on ESPN. You can look up the group Folding the Cheese. It's public, free to join. Jump in there. Compete with us. See what you got. See if you can dethrone the king. As he squishes some berries. Some some berries. Squish some grapes. <laughs> All right. So um, for the remainder of this episode, we're going to talk about some end of the year analysis. We're going to go through top 10 performances at each position. And then we're going to go through top 10 performances on average at each position and sort of see some guys who were better than you may remember, uh, played limited games, had injuries, and see what impact injuries have on on a season season long rankings as well. Well, I think it's a, and I like that we're doing uh, total points and also averages because obviously someone like a Derrick Henry who only played eight or nine games a season, I feel like he finished almost in the top 10 anyway, <laughs> but I'll have to go to the, to our list, but it's important to remember he was averaging 24 and a half points a game. And you know, you can't just think that, Oh, he's now he's injury prone and all this. Like, no, you just want to don't forget about Derrick Henry. So it's important to also look at these averages to say that plays a big part as well, because sometimes you just get freak injuries like that. Um, but you can't forget about him for next year because Derrick. Henry, like, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say, like we've said before, fantasy is a weekly game. You have to win mm-hmm. weekly. And so it doesn't help you to have a bunch of guys who finished in the top 10 in a position over the season. If they weren't elite each week, you know what I right. mean? Like it's not going to help you. Um, because you like a guy, a guy could very easily end up in the top twenty in receivers, but wasn't like spectacular any given week. He just played every game and just got like twelve points every game, which is fine. But you want to you want a guy who's going to get you twenty, and maybe he misses a game or two, and at the end of the year he's down further. Like Alvin Kamara, for instance, is a great example. Yeah, he ended up as running back six on averages, which averages, is, which is awesome. He had eighteen points a game, 
But on the season, he was running back 10, which is not that far of a drop. He only missed four games, but he missed four games. And so you're like, okay, he wasn't like a top five guy. It's like, nah, I mean, he really performed like a top five guy when you had him. And ideally, even better, you've got guys that when they're out, you know who their backup is. You just kind of plug them in and you, you don't you mean, you get that number one production the whole time. So right. a lot of stuff to look at here. Oh, yes. Um, you want to start us off with quarterbacks here? Total yeah, points. Man. So we're talking about total points. And uh, we'll mention if they miss any games and how, how that played into it. So uh, starting off in our quarterback position, the number one quarterback uh, with total points was actually Josh Allen of the Bills. So uh, there were, I think there's about a three or four game stretch where he was kind of mediocre, probably getting like 18 to 20 ish points. But then after that, he was he was on fire. And obviously the Bills really um came on at the end of the season so over on the end of the year he he got you he was the number one because of his rushing ability and he was throwing tds so he was a, he was kind of a dual threat uh number two was my man tb12 uh we talked about him on, on a previous episode how i thought he was the mvp of the quarterback class just based on where he was drafted and all that but he was number one in yards passed he was number one in the league in touchdowns thrown uh, he did throw a little more, a few more interceptions than he's he's uh, usually accustomed to. But I mean, he was a stud for you all year, so he he was the second most points. Third was someone we are missing in the playoffs is Justin Herbert. Uh, once again, the second year quarterback had a great year. He threw, he was second in the league, I believe, in passing yards. He threw for over five thousand, uh, something around thirty eight touchdowns. So he was a, he was a stud if you had him, and he was pretty consistent throughout. He really we talked about him again. We he didn't have too many duds. Uh, number four was the quarterback that everyone seemed to have drafted uh, number one, Patrick Mahomes. So, um, you know, still getting good value, but uh, you might be a little bummed to see that he was only four in total points because there was a little stretch where the Chiefs struggled and, and he struggled as well. So he came out at four. Uh, five, Matthew Stafford. Didn't look like it towards the end of the season since he was throwing multiple interception games, but he obviously had a huge first half of the year and, and still was strong in the second half, but just not as, as strong as his first half. So he was number five. Uh, number six, similar to Tom Brady, was Aaron Rodgers. Again, he was getting drafted lower, so he was great value for where he was drafted. He obviously missed that one game with the uh, the COVID since uh, he was not vaccinated, but he was – what was his terminology again? Immunized. Immunized, yes. Yeah, he yes, was immunized. He got and he played ball several ball. games with COVID toe as and well, COVID so toe. he's playing through a very serious injury. His immunization was he was putting like volcanic mud on his skin to protect him or something like yes. that. Yeah. So yes, Aaron Rodgers was number six. Uh, and again, his interceptions were so low. Pretty impressive. Uh, seven, a guy we both love. Uh, Kemper actually ranked him at number one. He was His MVP was Joe Burrow. He was a stud throughout the entire year. His connection with Jamar Chase was just awesome. Uh, number eight, his boyfriend, well, Actually, I feel like he was which one of them is your boyfriend, the other is your side chick, and they're they're neck and neck in the standings. So Dak Prescott, you loved True. him preseason. You were pissed at your brother for getting him. Uh, I actually had him in my neighborhood league. He he helped me get to the championship game. Uh, good quarterback throughout the season. Um, Cowboy had he had a couple ups and downs, but for the most part, especially towards the end, where he was throwing four or five touchdowns a game, was a stud. And then again, your either boyfriend or side piece, Jalen Hurts, he got you to that championship as well. Basically supplanted Russell Wilson once Wilson went down and he, and he never gave up that starting job for you. Great year uh, throwing and running. And then 10 was Kirk Cousins. Uh, again, mentioned someone as a guy who's not always going to blow up the headlines, but he's not really going to throw out too many duds either. Uh, they had a good offense with Cook and Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. So, you know, number 10, that's a good spot to have Kirk Cousins. So uh, there you have it. Yeah. And he missed a game with COVID as well. And he did miss a game. So you had Rodgers, Prescott, Hertz, and Cousins all missed a game, but the rest of them didn't. I think this is like a pretty chalky list, really. I mean, this is pretty similar to what we'd, we'd done preseason. 
a little bit out of order, obviously, and not exactly in the order that you drafted them. The notable names you're missing here are Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, who yes. we'll get to on the averages, at least um, at least Kyler. I mean, Lamar left too many games midway through to it kind of hurt his averages, but Kyler's up there in the averages. But um, yeah, I mean, these are kind of who we thought they would be, right, for the most part. Cousins maybe a little bit higher than we expected, but we knew he was probably in the top 14-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tannehill was a guy who disappointed this year, who we had right around the 12 mark um, preseason. Right. So kind of the same guys we expected here. I think for me, the most interesting is, um, or maybe doesn't get the best credit is Aaron Rodgers to miss a game and to still be number six. When we get to him on averages too. Um, I think he was number five on averages, but he had, I did a ranking of uh, how frequently these guys like from consistency, how frequently they had 20 plus point games, at least in our league. And Josh Allen had 14 of them and he played in, and I only did the 16 weeks. So I didn't want to do these like throwaway last week games. So of the 16 games that I tallied for Josh Allen, 14 of them had 20 points or more. That's extremely consistent and very dominant. That's how you end up the number one quarterback. Second most was Aaron Rodgers with 12, and he missed a game. So I thought, as far as consistency goes, this guy got you 20-plus almost every single game. There were only three games where he didn't. And so that's that's incredible. Um, that's the kind of guy you want on your team. Mm-hmm. Technically, he missed two games because uh, that first Saints game, I don't think he was there. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say he was missing it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was not there at all. That was, that's true. That was an awful game. So that was one of his duds. True. Why don't you hit us up with some running backs, dude? Running backs. All right. So this is kind of interesting, too. We had Jonathan Taylor was the obvious number one. He crushed all year long. Um, he was going to be number two behind Henry, I think, until Henry went down, and then he didn't take him long to pass him. Number one running back. Number two, Austin Eckler. He missed a game. Still finished number two. Incredible season for him. And on averages, very close to Jonathan Taylor. I don't think anyone gives him the credit he deserves for that specifically. And we'll talk about that later. Number three, Najee Harris. Great rookie season. Ton of volume. Uh, No surprise he would end up this high. Uh, Maybe a little higher than I expected. But, I mean, he was drafted first round, sometimes second round. That's what you get. Number four, your boyfriend, Joe Mixon. Uh, You're, um, I think he's more a... Uh, frenemy than anything else for you frenemy joe makes number four ton of volume as well and you'll see a kind of a trend with that number five leonard fournette missed two games still ended up running back five super impressed with that number six was surprised by this because he dumped on my face zeke elliott (laughs) number six i mean listen he didn't miss any games so that's part of the reason because these other three guys or four guys did but uh, that's part of the game too right i mean you got to be healthy and he really was pretty dominant for a stretch there. He just he just petered off at the end. So I don't know. I could go on and on about that. I'm not going to try and reopen that wound. Number seven. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to his previous rant. It's spectacular. Yeah. See last rant uh, from last Tuesday. Number seven, Cordero Patterson. This was a huge surprise, obviously. He only missed one game. He also petered off at the end, but he had done so much in the beginning of the season. He still finished RB7. And I think wide receiver 13. So just incredible. Uh, being able to flex him in either one of those positions. Number eight, big surprise here, James Conner. He was a Uh, touchdown machine. Touchdown machine for the Cardinals. He missed two games to injury, but I think he was helped a ton by Chase Edmonds getting hurt. I was going to say, once he went down. He just took over. They were splitting work before. Conner was getting the touchdowns. Uh, Edmonds was getting the receptions. And then when Edmonds went down, Conner just took off. I don't remember what game I was watching of the Cardinals, but that dude can catch out of the backfield too. He was making one-handed grabs. And I mean, I was he had a good solid 
you know, stint in Pittsburgh. And this was a good signing by the Cardinals. Uh, and he showed yeah. he can't carry the load once Edmonds went down. So, yeah, so true. He, he had a great year. Number nine was Aaron Jones. He missed a game. Uh, you may be a little surprised by that because his workload just yeah, seemed to diminish throughout that. the season. But he had he also had that like five touchdown game or whatever, where or four touchdowns. That'll that'll do it for you. That'll get you pretty high up there. That was week two. So, <laughs> that was week two. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. And then number ten, as I mentioned earlier, Alvin Kamara, even with four missed games, still finishes RB ten. Uh, that was a little surprising, but really impressive. I just feel like the running backs this year. I mean, I know we talked about all season that the tight end was a wasteland. I feel like running backs were kind of inching up into that category. I mean, and this is kind of showing it that if Alvin Kamara was our running back 10 and he missed four games, like that just says a lot to me in the sense like, you know, where you're, I don't know. It just, where are your Dalvin Cooks? Where are your uh, DeAndre Swifts? I know he was hurt for a little bit. Dalvin Cook missed a game or two. But again, I just feel like there were a lot of injuries, a lot of things that just happened that through wrenches into the running back position. The workhorse running back is, is slowly going away. Yeah. And so you're getting a much more even field. And we'll get to this when we talk about the averages, a much more even field of like middle of the pack guys. And that's going to make that RB, that zero RB strategy more viable in the future, I mm-hmm. think, which is like maybe just wait on this and just get a bunch of dudes that split time, right. figure out who does it, you know, and, and then pick up for injuries. Damn. All right, now let's check out some uh, some wide receivers going into the total points once again. Nobody's surprised. Cooper Cup, number one season for the ages for him. Him and Matthew Stafford were awesome. Did not miss any games also. Uh, number two is Devontae Adams. He only missed one game, but man, I mean, he was right up there with Cooper, one of the most dominating wide receivers in the game. And when you have one of the best quarterbacks, too, it doesn't hurt you. Uh, three, I feel like this is where everybody had this guy anyway. Justin Jefferson, I feel like he was usually the third uh Wide receiver off the board, usually behind Devontae and Tyreek Hill. Guy was a stud, and he was, he did it with Kirk Cousins all season, even with an Adam Thalen there. So he was awesome for for a lot of people. Uh, four, your guy can do it all, throw it, run it, and catch it. Debo Samuel, as I, I coined him, my most valuable, most valued player based on uh, where he was drafted and, and his production. I think you agreed with me there. He only yep. missed one game, and, and he was an absolute stud, just doing literally doing everything. Jamar Chase, the rookie sensation for Cincy, um, couldn't catch the ball in the preseason. People had some doubts, and I think he he dropped on a lot of people's draft boards because of that. But if you were able to get him late, kudos to you because he was a stud all year. Uh, he In the beginning of the season, he was a little boomer bust in the sense that if he didn't get a touchdown or a, or a big play, he was kind of not getting involved as much. But after, I'd say, week three or four, you couldn't touch the guy. Yep. Tyreek Hill coming in at number six, obviously a little disappointing for Hill owners who might have even taken him in the first round, if not uh, early second. Um, he uh, he had by no means is this a bad season for him because you would kill to have a, a guy as wide receiver as top six. But for he was drafted, it's a little disappointing, but again, still good overall. Yep. Uh, your boy, Deontay Johnson, you got two in the top seven, man. So good on you. Missed one game for the Steelers. He was just, you know, Big Ben wasn't lining up, but when he was throwing it, it was going to Deontay. Uh, he had good volume, good amount of uh, targets and receptions, solid yards and, and touchdowns. So he was a great value as well. Uh, number eight, Stefan Diggs for the Bills. Um, I think, again, people probably had him higher just based on what he did the previous season, which was a season for the ages for him especially. But uh, it's, it's solid for him to finish in the top 10, but maybe just slightly disappointing for where he was drafted. Number nine, Keenan Allen. We mentioned Herbert was slinging it. He threw over 5,000 yards, and a lot of that was going to Keenan. So uh, it's a good spot for him. He only, he only missed one game. And then number 10, my man on your squad, 
Chris Godwin. So you had three guys in the top 10. So that's great for you picking out those wide receivers, getting some great value there. And that's with him missing the last, well, for what we're counting, the last two games of the year with that uh, ACL injury. So he's a stud. I love that guy. Yeah. This is what I mean when I say it doesn't matter if you end the season with three top 10 receivers and two top 10 running backs, if they don't win you your championship week, like it's Mm -hmm. all about the week. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. I can look back and say, boy, I had the best draft I may have ever had. I had the best team I may have ever had. I didn't win. And so it's frustrating. That's what we're going to talk. That's what we're (laughs) going to talk about averages. um, And and there's plenty of other strategies in there too. But yeah, it was pretty damn good. Tight ends. We're going to cruise through these because no one cares about tight ends, but we have Mark Andrews at number one, incredible year. Um, well-deserving of this. Travis Kelsey ended up at two. He missed a, a week. Maybe disappointing, but you can't possibly complain about the solid production you get out of him. George Kittle at three, even with three missed games, uh, pretty damn impressive. I mean, it also kind of speaks to the wasteland of tight ends, but he had some dominant weeks when he came back, and uh, it's been pretty consistent all year, too. Number four, Dalton Schultz took over that lead role in Dallas. Really good all year long. Um, that was a great snag by you on your, your squad as well. Number five, Kyle Pitts, the rookie in Atlanta. Um, things started to look down a little bit when Calvin Ridley went away and he got all the attention. He still found some spots to dominate, but it was a little tougher to come by. I think he's going to be a legit stud in the future. I mean, he's still got a thousand yards as a rookie broke. Uh, yeah. Did he break the record for receiving yards? I didn't see his last game. He's the second to ever get a thousand behind Ditka, right? Right, but I didn't know if he passed Ditka. I don't know if he passed game. it. I don't. I don't know. Stat boy, um, Stat boy, check that out. Number six, Dallas Goddard missed a game, but he was pretty dominant in Philly. Once Zach Ertz went away, especially he became the main target. Uh, number seven, Zach Ertz. So Zach he split time between two teams. Didn't miss a game because of it. Played in Philly. Played in Arizona, and ended up at, at tight end number seven. He's really solid in Arizona. I think his future's bright there. Number eight, Mike Gesicki. Um, maybe a little disappointing early in the season, became really consistent in the middle of the season, tailed off a little bit at the end. These are tight ends is what you get. Number nine, Dawson Knox missed two hands with that broke two games with that broken hand. Two hands. Still finishes as a number nine tight end on the year and was a touchdown maker in Buffalo. Number 10, Noah Fant. Never talked about this guy. Not even sure how he ended up at 10. I'd, I'd say injuries are part of it. Darren Waller goes down. Hawkinson goes down. Uh, Noah Fant had a solid year. I wouldn't call it great, but there were some great moments. And I thought it was interesting. Number 11 was Gronk. He missed five games. He still ended up as tight end <laughs> 11. 11. I mean, incredible. He was such uh, a stud. Update, Kyle Pitts fell 50 yards shy. Dang. How about that? Well, you know, he, he also eight, had an extra game. So He got eight eight yards in his last game. <laughs> <laughs> Matty Ryan, lighting it up. There you go. There's your top tens in every position. We're going to hit averages as well. We'll breeze through the averages as far as the names go, but there are a couple interesting stats I think would be worth pointing out. You want to hit QBs? Let's do it, man. So yeah, talking about averages now, and uh, we'll see if that shakes up the standings at all. So number one, still Josh Allen. He was getting you 27.9 points a game, so we'll just round that up to 28, which is just what you want from your starting quarterback. And for the value where he was getting drafted at QB2, he... He passed that expectation, so good on him. Tom Brady, still at number two. He was averaging 27 points himself, so awesome for him. I mean, again, the, you're going to want any of these guys, but these these averages are impressive. Justin Herbert, number three. He's getting to 26.8. Patty Mahomes, 25.6. Aaron Rodgers, right behind him at 25.48, basically 25 and a half. And then here's where our boy Kyler shows up, because as we noted he did miss a few games uh, towards the, the in the second half of the year. 
So he's not going to be there on the season totals, but he comes in at six uh, for averages a game. Uh, coming in after Kyler is Dak Prescott. Again, he missed a game. And then uh, Matthew Stafford follows him with Joe Burrow rounding out number nine at 24 points. Number 10 was Jalen Hurts, averaging 23. So what I found interesting here is Stafford, who was number five on the year total points because yeah. he didn't miss any time. He drops to eight when you look at averages. Based on averages. And the other thing is Jalen Hurts averaging 23 and Josh Allen number one averaging 28. That's a five point difference. But once you get to like Pat Mahomes at 25 and a half, the next like six guys are all 23 and above. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're, you're really pretty stacked in there pretty close. Not a massive advantage to have. I mean, Josh Allen, if you want to say five points is a pretty good advantage. But once you get to Mahomes, two and a half points per game, not a huge advantage. And, and so honestly, another reason why waiting on quarterback was the move this year. I was just going to say, and it's in, I'd say nine out of 10 leagues, you only play in one quarterback. Have you ever done a two quarterback league? No, I have not. I have never done it either. So anyway, yeah. you're getting one quarterback. And as you, yeah, as you just said, from one to 10, there's a five point drop off. Like that is totally, I would much rather wait because I'm sure we're going to see when you get to averages of running backs and wide receivers, there's a much greater drop off much quicker. So it's more important to kind of get those guys prior to, if you miss out on a Josh Allen or Patty Mahomes, it's okay to wait because they say, I got Tom Brady in the ninth and he got me 27. He was number two. So you can wait when it comes to quarterbacks because there's not going to be as much of a differential or discrepancy between a top five and a top 10. Yep, that's right. Running backs, you mentioned it, and I think you nailed it. Like This is where you could make a pretty big difference. And the top three guys this year were the ones that brought home the bacon. The other ones, pretty crammed together. It's interesting. Number one, Derrick Henry, 24.4 points. Just ridiculous start to the season. For those eight weeks, (laughs) That's just you're winning because of Derrick Henry. And what's crazy is Jonathan Taylor, 21.95, right at 22 points, two and a half points less than Derrick Henry. As dominant as Jonathan Taylor was down the stretch, still two still. and a half points less than Derrick Henry. I mean, good grief. Don't forget about that, dude, right? This I found interesting. Austin Eckler, 21.49, so a half right a point there. per game less than Taylor. He missed a game. This is what I was saying. Pretty much the same player, and that's incredible. Great, well, great production. It's funny you say the same player. They're very different players, but points-wise, the same player. I For mean, fantasy, same, yeah. Yes. Very different players. Very, very different, different styles. Uh, Austin's not getting as many rushing yards, and it's not the workhorse, but he's getting all those catches out of the backfield. So completely different. Yep. But fantasy-wise, yeah, exactly the same, which is great. And uh, shout out to my neighborhood league. Thanks for letting me get him in the fifth round. So that, that was, was awesome. just insane. Just insane. <laughs> um, then you see a drop off. So it's the first tier and you see it. Well, Henry's the first tier. Taylor and Eckler yes. is the second tier. <laughs> then you tier. see another drop off. Three and a half points drop between Eckler and Leonard Fournette at four. 18 points per game. And Fournette, McCaffrey and Kamara all had 18 points a game ish in that range. All right. So that's kind of like another tier. Then things get really crammed together. And this is what I mean when I'm saying like, any one of these guys would have been totally fine for you, depending on the week. Like Joe Mixon may have been more boomer bust. Mixon comes in at seven, Najee Harris at eight, Connor at nine, DeAndre Swift at 10. All those guys are your top 10. Any given week, they may have gotten you 30. They may have gotten you 10. We'll talk about consistency in another episode, but um, it's important to know they kind of crammed together there. Yeah. I listed out a bunch more running backs because I found these names interesting and the point totals interesting. So from 11 to 18, we had Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Elijah Mitchell, Zeke was 17, Cordero Patterson ended up being 18. And so a couple of top 10 running backs ended up being 18 in average points because as the season wore on, they got worse and they just happened to play more games than some of these other guys. 
But between those eight names, two points per game separated them. Dalvin hmm. Cook, Cordero Patterson. Cordero averaged 14. Dalvin averaged 16. Everybody that I named in between there, somewhere between 14 and 16 points. Yeah. All kind of just crammed together. Kind of speaks to, and you know, you, you mentioned it a little bit where you're talking about you got to win week to week. So, you know, you look at a Cordero Patterson and, and a Zeke. You, you mentioned with Zeke. So he was there all season. He did not miss a game. Um, so that's why he was up there for total points. But now you're seeing here on averages. He, so he was sixth in total points, but yet for averages, he was 17th. Would you rather have a guy who has a higher average, but might be, you know, you're looking at a McCaffrey or a Fournette who might be a little more injury prone, might be a little more riskier play, or would you rather have a guy who you'll know will be there all year, but might not be as boom for you? I think you probably want both. I think you want some <laughs> some exposure to you each, right? Both way to cheat. Well, I mean, I think you want exposure to each because you could have gotten any combination of these three players in your league, really, other than like Henry Taylor Eckler, you could have gotten really like almost any of this, these three players combined somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so like I had three of these guys, I had Taylor Zeke and David Montgomery. Montgomery finishes the 15th is as far as averages go. Montgomery missed games. Taylor and Zeke didn't Taylor and Zeke. You see how far apart they are two and 17 in the rankings. Montgomery was 15 is kind of in the middle there. It's a good combination to have them all. But yeah, when you get to the end of the season, you're kind of like, shoot, like I want the high average guy if I know who his backup is and I can handcuff him. Yeah. I want Dalvin Cook, who ended at eleven, which is not great, but it's good because but I know you combine that with Madison. Madison's his guy and you get you himself. get the number eleven running back every week, no matter what happens. Yeah. Right? That's what I like. Okay. And so um, I don't. I didn't love Taylor. Made me nervous because I didn't know who to put in if he got hurt. I didn't have his handcuff. I didn't want Naheem Hines. That's not a one for one handcuff. I didn't want Marlon Mack. They tried to Marlon trade him Mack. half the season. So yeah. like. That's a tougher situation, you know? Okay, that's fair. All right, now let's take a quick look at wide receivers. Uh, once again, it's going to be like a Derrick Henry. His tier by himself was Cooper Cup. My gosh, he averaged just about 26 points a game. Uh, number two, Devontae Adams. Him and Debo were kind of in the tier by themselves with Devontae averaging 21.5 and Debo averaging 21.3. So that's your, your kind of tier two. And then there's a, slider, a slight drop-off uh, with Justin Jefferson, 19. Jamar Chase was 18. Tyreek Hill, 17 and a half. Uh, so those are... Those are your big dogs. And then following at 7, 8, 9, 10, you got Chris Godwin, who we saw him in the top 10. Antonio Brown's the interesting one. I don't know what you want to talk about him. Uh, when he played and wasn't uh, taking off his jersey and his, and his pads, he was getting a good average. He was averaging, I think, what, 15 or so a game for you. Uh, but, you know, he's injury prone. He was suspension prone. So he's quite the wild card. Uh, and then your boy Deontay Johnson, just solid, consistent throughout the year. It's great to see him both in total points and averages. And Stephon Diggs, same thing. Uh, again, it may not be as flashy because, you know, you think, okay, eight on points, nine on tenth on averages, but he's consistent. And that's what you want and that's what you need. And I'm sure Stephon Diggs was on a lot of championship teams. Yeah. And here we are frustrating. Again, I had four of these players on my team <laughs> Debo, I had Godwin, Antonio, and Deontay. Um, super frustrating that, I mean, and some of that's timing of like Godwin getting hurt and maybe right. doing what he did, right? Obviously kills you, but. Um, yeah, you, you want, you want guys to average a lot and receivers you think historically get dinged up a lot. They have like the soft tissue injuries a lot running backs more likely maybe to roll an ankle or maybe the ACL stuff. But, um, these guys were fairly consistent, uh, for the most part, other than AB, I think you had these guys pretty much all year, maybe miss a game or two. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, these last five guys kind of crammed together again, mm-hmm. uh, like we talked about with running backs there, there are three tiers. There's the cup tier. There's Devontae and Debo, and then there's kind of like this this next list of guys chunk. that I think could include any number of other guys as well. Um, 
from season to season. Like Jalen Waddle could jump in there. Hunter Renfro could jump in there. Hunter Renfro. Lamb could jump in there. You know, like there are guys that kind of jump in there. T Higgins, when he got going, would jump in here. Kind of the same thing. Those guys were in the next like five to 10 receivers in, on averages. So yeah, a lot of the names we expected though too. Okay. Okay. Tight ends. I'll jump through tight ends here as well. We kind of had a, a two person tier. This one, although Andrews was a point and a half ahead, Mark Andrews at 17.7, Travis Kelsey, 16.4. So you're still stoked to get 16 points out of a tight end. That's probably on the low end for Kelsey historically, but still a huge advantage for you. Gronk, number three on average, 14 points a game. Kittle, 14 points a game. Dalton Schultz at 12, and then it starts to trail off. Your number five tight end averaging 12 points a game. Think about that. I mean, that is just, that's why tight ends suck, right? (laughs) It's just (laughs) awful. That's why they suck. You had Waller at six. You had Hawkinson at seven. Dallas Goddard, eight. Dawson Knox, nine. Logan Thomas at 10, who missed a ton of time when he played, was effective. And then I added two more names here that I thought were interesting. Zach Ertz at 11. Kyle Pitts at 12. Pitts was like number five tight end on the year. Drops to 12 when you include some guys who got injured, like Hawkinson, Waller, Logan Thomas. I was going to say, that's that longevity thing. It's like, yeah, he he didn't miss a game, and he was there throughout the year, so he got you just cumulative. He's getting you those points. But as I just said, his last week, he got you eight yards. Um, yeah. So that'll kill yep. your average. <laughs> that'll I agree. Kill average. I agree. So it's just interesting. I think it, it just shows, ultimately, like you need to autopsy the season. You need to look at how do my guys perform season long, mm-hmm. how they perform on average, because it is a weekly game. Yeah. And then how many games do they miss? It is important to know how many games they missed because you got to start factoring in season over season if that's typical, if it's an injury-prone player, or if it's an anomaly. Last year, we thought it was an anomaly with McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. He missed 10 games or whatever. We're like, oh, man, that, he's never missed a game. And lo and behold, here he goes again. Here Same goes thing again. this year. Now, next year, he's not going to be the number one overall pick next year. You're going to be wondering, am I going to get a full year out of him or not? And do I like Chuba Hubbard as a backup? Who's your number one pick next year? I, it's going to be tough to go away from Jonathan Taylor. I'll say Not that. I mean, I mean, my boy D. Hen, though. Assuming he looks good in the playoffs, I'm probably rolling back at Henry. But Jonathan Taylor was – it stuck uh, with you longer, you know? Okay. Awesome. Yeah, so I think this is awesome kind of stats and information to look at, data to kind of analyze and see where you're laid out. How you, It's fun to go look back at the draft, see where these guys are picked. Again, and that's why we love doing blind resumes throughout the season because it's sometimes it's not the guys you expect. We talk about a Hunter Renfro. He may not be in the top 10 here, but he's a playmaker and he's a difference maker. Uh, but it's fun to and it's fun to just see these stats all on one page and see how it, how it looks. And what Kemp and I are going to do is we're going to put a whole big an- analysis together. We're going to make some pre-draft kits for next season, and we'll have all this kind of information ready, readily available for you. We'll even put in talking about uh, how many games they were missed. But again, these are... Um, these averages are important totals and we'll have all that broken down and, and easy for you. So make sure you pay attention, pay attention people. One last reminder to join our pools. We've got the NFL.com playoff challenge. We've got an ESPN pigskin playoff pick them. Both pools called folding the cheese. They're public. They're open. There's no passwords. Jump in there and join in compete with us. We're going to go through our picks for the playoff pick them on Thursday's episode. Uh, I'm not telling you my lineup for the NFL playoff challenge <laughs> until it gets started then you can see it and see how great it looks oh look at you fancy pants well i'll be for I'll, i will tell anyone they want you may not want to join me but you'll all know <laughs> yeah, at least you know where you lay exactly uh we'll go over the games next week we'll preview and see who's going to win these playoff matchups and um 
cover all the players involved as well. And we'll talk about DFS too. Awesome, man. All right. Well, see you on Thursday. Get ready for some playoff action. And as always, keep on folding. Fold it. Her name is Gabby. She's 10. She's my daughter. That's. <laughs> I know she was on this bus. She bought this ticket. Hey, listen, lady, it's been a long day. Like I uh, said, she was not, she was with, not us. with us. I, I need, need a nap. nap.